This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man, it's a Friday. Hope you're having a great day. We're going to talk with our buddy Dave Archer, analyst for our Atlanta Falcons, brought to you by Jim Ellis Kia of Kennesaw, where you can always expect the best in sales, service, and selection. Coming up, we'll break down what the NFL is doing to mitigate, mitigate what a lot of people are saying is an unfair situation for anybody, to be quite honest, but you're trying to do the best you can and not allow somebody to get a, an unfair advantage and give them home field advantage. We'll talk about what the league is saying about that coming up in about 20 minutes. Dave Archer's here with us. And Arch, last week of the season, we made it. Um, we're not where we want to be, though, right? We'd love to be talking about the playoffs and maybe making a run. But there's still a lot at stake. And, you know, it starts with the quarterback. And we had Coach Arthur Smith on earlier this week, and we were asking him, how do you evaluate with just four games? Is it enough? What, what Do you think he's passed the eye test, in your opinion, Dave? Absolutely, uh, Carl. And I, and I know there's there's still some things. You'd like to see him throw for 300 yards and all those kind of things. But I think his, his ability – to uh, to operate the offense, his ability to not be wowed by a situation, namely going to New Orleans and playing down there, playing in, in, in against a really good Baltimore defense in a five degree weather, uh, to be able to come back home, win a football game at home, and now he gets to close out the show and hopefully win one more game at home. Um, I think he's done a lot of stuff that shows you he's a leader. He's shown the arm strength. He's shown the athleticism. Numbers, yeah, you could. It, would you like to have 300 yards? I'm not sure that he's been given the opportunity to maybe ring that kind of that kind of number or yardage up based on the way the game's been called for him. But I think you certainly see he has the goods. And I think more than anything else, it's the mental ability to handle those situations that is discussed, but also his ability to adjust week to week, game plan to game plan. He's had to adjust to four different game plans now to get ready to play, and that gives you an idea of what kind of worker the guy is. He's one of the first guys. Talk about this all the time. Guys that are first in the building. The guy gets there at 6 in the morning. He Arthur was having to race to beat him in the building. Even when he wasn't starting, he was trying to beat him in the building. But that, and that was when that was when Desmond was even starting. Right. So the guy's got the work ethic. I think the goods are there, no question. It is Dave Archer breaking it down. I thought we saw some stuff in the game against Arizona that uh, the beautiful throw, he drops it right in the bucket to Demir Bird. That's when Demir Bird got his arm hacked and there was a no call on the pass interference. Should I, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, Arch. I mean, CP84 catches that touchdown pass. He's got his first TD as well and a come from behind victory. Yeah, he's made a lot of good throws, Mike. It was some throws in the Baltimore game and that frigid temperature up there where he threw a, a deep out route to the wide side of the field. He put it right on Bird along the sideline. Uh, he made the throw that I think we talked about on your show last week where he, he slid up in the pocket and threw that little sidearm shortstop blast across the middle to, to Drake London for the first down. 
Uh, he makes the key throw in New Orleans on fourth down to extend the drive. Drake fumbles the football, of course, and that all ends the wrong way. How about the throw he made last week? It's uh, 153 left in the game. It's third and seven. He steps up in the pocket in a full pattern setup, looks one way, pans back to the left, and puts it right on Michael Pruitt for a first down to extend that drive and essentially seal the football game. At that point, you were able to run it, burn all their burn their one remaining timeout left, and kick a field goal to win it. But you put your quarterback up the bat on third and seven right there. Some, some coaches might have just run the football there and then held on and hoped their defense was able to get a stop. They didn't do that. They put it on Desmond Ritter to make a play, and he did. Uh, I think you've seen enough where you're, you're seeing the throws, you're seeing the situational football. Uh, he's got a lot of way, long way to go. He's, he's growing, no question. I'm not saying he's a finished product, but he stretched the imagination. But I love the tools you got to work with. What are you expecting from the Bucks on Sunday? Um, you know, we've debated all week whether or not these starters are going to play. We talked to our buddy Rick Stroud down there. Rick's like, listen, Todd Bowles is saying these guys are going to play. I don't believe it, Dave, but do you? Well, I think it'd be stupid for them to do what they're talking about doing. I think both their tackles are down. Worse is, is essentially dragging a leg. They need huh. to get him some rest, so he needs to stay out of the game. If you're not going to play your two tackles, why would you play Brady in the game? Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Get Kyle Trask in the game. Get him some snaps. Take a look at him if you want to in the future. Remember, who knows if Tom Brady's coming back for Tampa next year. Wouldn't you like to take a look at the other quarterback? Maybe give him a, a, a game to get in and play. Uh, but it sounds like they want to go ahead and play, guys. The one thing you have a problem with, Carl, is you know this is not a, a college roster. So you've got 48 guys that are going to be eligible to play or regu- uh, ready to play on game day once you decide who the inactives are. There's not a lot of backups. There's not a lot of guys, okay, who are you going to sit down? You're going to sit, uh, does Levante David and Devin White get to sit down? I mean, they would like to sit down too. I mean, I'm sure that there's some guys in the back end that would like to sit down. Maybe some of those guys up front. But what do you do? You don't have enough guys to do that. So um, that makes it tough to, to, to try to rest everybody. Now, Brady's a different animal, and I certainly would rest Brady, uh, not because resting him, just keep him out of the fray for you might, be able, might not be able to protect him. So O-line injuries, uh, they still got a good defensive front. Okay. Um, we were watching the game from up in the stands. By the way, Dave Archer, if you just tuned in, it's the Idaho Rail Splitter. And we're going to talk about the championship game coming up in a bit. He's with us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. When I watch from where I'm sitting up high, Arch, it seems like sometimes the routes, the separation isn't necessarily there. Or is it still they have a running back who then eventually pops out because he's in there for protection. And he's making the smart plays, Ritter, checking down, taking what the defense has given him. And that's what that's all Arthur Smith is looking for. Well, I think that you gotta you got to play the keyboard, if you will, Mike. If there's an available shot like the Michael Pruitt throw, you're going to make that throw. Right. Um, so you're reading it out. Um, you certainly don't want to shove the ball into coverage and put it in harm's way if you could drop it off to a guy like CP or, or uh, Algier in the flat and, and get them to run and catch with the, or catch and run with the football. But, yeah, I think that there's, there's been times where guys have created some separation. There's, you know, the window of opportunity in the National Football League is not like it is in college where you got guys wide open. If a guy gets clean by a step or he's got a little bit of a number in front, those are shots you got to take. And I think that's part of the growing process that you'll continue to see Des make. I think he's made some of those throws, and that'll continue to come. But uh, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily get presented in four, four games. And that goes back to what you were talking about, Carl. Have you seen enough? I've seen enough arm strength. I've seen enough decision-making. I've seen enough command. Now we need to see him make uh, more of those tight window throws, which we've seen over the last couple weeks. 
Arch, talk about the importance of Tyler Algier and what he's meant this season. You know, I was debating with some friends of mine about who's the MVP, right, offensively, and we know what has has happened at quarterback and all that stuff, and then Pitt's going down. And I said, I said Algier. Yeah, it'd be a hard place to to not go there, Carl. I I, I completely understand what you're saying. 900 yards rushing, he's got a chance to eclipse uh, William Andrews' all-time record of just over 1,000 yards rushing for a rookie. Um, and think about it. I mean, he was inactive in week one. Um, he, was a, he was a healthy scratch. He didn't even play. He didn't even suit up in week one. Uh, and then they brought him in and started working him into the, into the fold a little bit. But he's been more than they could possibly have thought. I mean, I think they did a really good job of scouting him. I thought Terry Fontenot and his staff did an amazing job of finding him. Remember, they got him in the fifth round. This is a guy that had 1,600 yards rushing at BYU last year a guy that 70% of his yardage came after contact. We've seen that come to life right here this year, the way he runs through people. I think the thing that's really caught him off guard is his nimbleness once he gets clean, his ability to get to the edge with some quickness, or when he's in between the tackles, once he runs through somebody, then step around and now accelerate. And then catching the football in the backfield caught me completely off guard. So he is, he is a gem, no question about it. And you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody on the team it's a more valuable player than he is this year. And such a, I mean, so, so much fun to watch, man. Just hitting that, hitting that line like a cannonball. All right, big man, let's uh, talk about the big game. Coming up on Monday, you uh, cover Big 12 on the radio. Uh, you know a lot about TCU. We'll start there. We spent a lot of time today and last week with all the other analysts talking about how Georgia's defense not getting pressure. Secondary, obviously, it, they, they have to pay the price for that. So how does Georgia get heat on Duggan, and how does Duggan respond? Well, first of all, Mike, and, and, and I know there's been a narrative, media has per- perpetuated this narrative that there's that TCU's playing with house money. I, I can't think of anything that's more ridiculous in my whole life in hearing that a team that's playing for a national championship, TCU has as much to lose in this football game as Georgia does. If you want to make the house money an, uh, an analogy, you say that about Georgia. They won it last year, so they're playing with house money. It's stupid. You know, these guys are going to have this one opportunity. TCU's, they won their national championship in 1938. Can you imagine mm. what the, the pressure's on these guys, the way they want to win this football game? I want to just dispel that analogy that they're playing with house money. If you're a guy that can make the analysis or make the analogy that, okay, well, at least we got this far. If we lose the yeah. game, then at least we got this far. You're a loser. You're never <laughs> going to win a championship. None of those guys in TCU's locker room is going in saying, hey, look how far we got. Look at us. We were picked seventh in the conference. They don't care anything about that. That's a media precipitated site situation. It drives me crazy. Sorry about that. I had to do a little soapbox no, no. with you there. No, no, <laughs> and, and, and for the record, uh, I took TCU. I'm not part, you know, I'm not media. I don't, I don't sit in the press box. Back to you, Archer. <laughs> Georgia, this is a situation where Georgia's going to face a quarterback that is probably a combination of the two guys they faced the last two weekends. They got a better runner than C.J. Stroud, albeit C.J. Stroud heard him running the football, and they've got a better passer than Jaden Daniels, the guy they saw, and Garrett Nussmeyer, the guy they saw at the LSU game. Okay, those two quarter, those three quarterbacks combined have thrown for 850 yards and seven touchdowns on Georgia. You think they better get pressure on Max Duggan? He's better than those three guys. Okay, in my opinion, from an overall quarterback perspective, run it, throw it. Um, so. That therein lies the game. Can Georgia pressure him without bringing extra guys? If they bring extra guys, this is a receiver core that's as good as anybody in the country. And don't think TCU is – they've played some teams now. If you don't – whether it's a full team or not, Texas's offense is as talented as Georgia's offense is. 
Okay, and I know Georgia fans are going, oh, what are you talking about? Xavier Worthy is as good as any receiver Georgia's got. That's who plays for Texas, okay? Bijan Robinson might be the best running back in the country. They took him away in the game against Texas. Okay, so let's calm, or calm it down to where TCU's not on the same level from an athletic standpoint or the ability to compete against Georgia. I think, I think this is going to be a hell of a football game. I think Georgia's experience is a big deal in the game. I think Stetson's experience in the game is a big deal. And I think that gives Georgia the edge. Um, here's the thing, though, Arch, as we talk about this game, and I, and I love your analysis of this. It's Dave Archer, guys, joining us. We're talking about the national championship game on Monday. And this is what I said to start the week. If you're not giving this team credit, you're not paying attention. And, and I think the wins that they've had against top-ranked opponents, those top 25 teams – you know, Dave, I think it was three or four of those games. They had to come back. So they know what it's like to be down in a game. And if Georgia's able to get up early, it's not like the game's going to be over. This isn't Mizzou or somebody else that you go, oh, well, they'll just roll. I, I think that's part of their DNA, this particular team with TCU. Well, and I'm going to use a word that Mike loves to use that when he sees somebody, and he doesn't use it very often, and I applaud him for this, but he likes to use the word clutch. When a team has a clutch gene, that's not team. Teams don't have that very much. I think Georgia has some of that. TCU has a clutch gene in them. I, I don't know what it is, Mike, mm. Carl. I don't know what it is, but they have had, they've been in trouble yep. in, a, in, in three or four games this year and have had, been able to turn it on defensively and offensively, not just Max Duggan going and making plays. They shut Kansas State out in the second half. They were down 28-10 to 10 going to their final drive to start the, uh, the first half. They went on a 93-yard drive and then answered the very next drive coming out of the third quarter with a 75-yard drive to pull that back to 28-24, and they shut out Kansas State in the second half. Now, I know everybody's saying, oh, wait a minute, Alabama crushed Kansas State. Uh, don't, don't, don't look at that. Look at the, the, the matchups and the way they unfold for team to team. TCU and Georgia is a different matchup than Ohio State and Georgia or TCU and Michigan. So you're going to have to sort it out based on the matchups and how these two teams look at each other. And one last question, Arch, because we gamble on these games. Is it going to be high scoring? Uh, you know, we had Danny Cannell, and he thinks it might go under, but that would mean somebody's doing a hell of a job on defense. 62.5 kind of gets you definitely in that region of the Ohio State-Georgia score. Yeah, it's two teams that are really pretty good on third down. Mike, on third down defense, Georgia's number two in the country, 27%. TCU not very much further behind at about 34% on third down. So you're looking at moments. Can you win the moments? Both teams – are extremely efficient in red zone on offense. Georgia and, and, and TCU very close to one another as far as executing touchdowns in the red zone. TCU has the, has the benefit of, of the turnover ratio. They're plus nine. Georgia's minus two. Georgia cannot turn the football over. All that being said, I think that both these teams are on a high of, of scoring points. I think you're looking at a game in the 30s. Great stuff, Arch. Looking forward to hearing you and, uh, of course, Wes on Sunday as we wrap up the regular season, guys. Falcons, Buccaneers, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 1 o'clock kick. Have a great call, Arch. Thanks again. Always good to be with you guys. Take care. Cool. Um, and, again, I hope you're hearing what Arch is saying there. He's not disrespecting the dogs, but he's saying this narrative that you're hearing about TCU as if whether they don't belong or it's not as big of a game for them. I'm with him on this. Mike, you get one shot at these things. We think all the time we're going to get back. Georgia's built a program where they've been able to do it. 
I don't know if TCU is there. I don't know if they're back yeah. here next year. And Duggan's just got that mojo. You know, what I mean, there's just there's and look, Georgia on paper is a better football team, but yep. it's not. But they're not heads and shoulders better than TCU. All right, coming up, the NFL has solutions to some of the problems that we are looking at. We're going to lay them out for you and talk about it when we come back on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This is Maggie Gray with the CBS Sports Minute. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, had his breathing tube removed overnight. Less than a week after being resuscitated on the field, he's... The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. It's Dukes and Bell. NFL had some major decisions to make, guys. And I don't know if it's ever going to be fair and equitable when you have a situation like we had with DeMar Hamlin. But they're trying to figure this out. So the NFL owners, they have approved a plan that leaves open the possibility of a neutral site for the AFC championship game. Hmm. And we've never seen anything like this, but you got to think about this. What the implications of the Bengals-Bills game was supposed to be, which we'll get to in a second, but it also is not giving home field advantage to a team that potentially has not earned it. So in wake of the cancellation of Monday's Bills-Bengals game, which they will not make up, the league has come out and said this, Mike. Um, going into week 18, uh, and you look at these scenarios about the AFC championship game, if Bills and the, and the Chiefs both win or tie and there's a Bills-Chiefs championship game, it would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties and there's a Bills-Chiefs championship game, it would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins and the the Bills or Bengals versus the Chiefs championship game, it also would be at a Mm. neutral site. Here's the interesting thing, Atlanta. We're one of the sites. We could be hosting an AFC championship game. Now, it's weird. It's unusual. But also, Mike, Minnesota, Detroit, Miami, New Orleans, and New York. So, just for argument's sake, because you want to maintain some degree of neutrality because no one actually won the number one spot, do we win because we're farther away? Because we put it like a place like Indianapolis or something that's closest and drivable for those teams. I don't know. I mean, New York out in the cold at MetLife, okay. I mean, I think you can make the argument for us as a nice man. You can always make the argument for Atlanta for yeah. many things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in and out, airport, right. all that stuff. Now, Bills fans, if, if I'm a Bills fan and my team gets there, I'm not necessarily happy about, happy about traveling to Miami. Mike, right. if that's the spot. Or do you or, want to be in New York City for cold weather because that's what you're used to anyway. And it would be a shorter trip. But the league has yet to determine where this is going to happen. i got to be honest with you. I know it was kind of uh, like it's unprecedented because of the Demir Hamlin. And, again, great news today that he was off the uh, the ventilation tube and he's actually communicating, talking to his teammates on, uh, you know, and, and everything you'd, you'd want to hear about the, his recovery came today. But. Still, I, I still like that idea of playing that game, Bengals and the uh, and the uh, Bengals. Uh, sorry, Bengals and Bills, and to do the NFC wild card that same weekend and push the AFC back. But that that apparently was like reinventing the wheel too much, so they're going with this option, which nobody seems to be excited about based on what I'm seeing on social media. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard because I said earlier, if it was us, it's not. But if we had done all the work, and then this unusual situation happens, and you say, "Hey, Dukes and Bell, we don't get an AF- we don't get the NFC Championship game in our city." You worked the whole season to earn this, the right for teams to have to have the pressure of coming into your house. Guys, I can't tell you how big it was in 16 to have the Green Bay Packers have to come here. We blew them out. It wasn't even close. But that home field advantage in the dump was a huge deal. So, Mike, I I don't like it from that standpoint, but this is how the league is going to deal with it. And also, you know what it does? If you're one of these teams that ultimately gets there, you can't complain 
about how this you're no. going to a neutral site. This is like it's like the dogs. They're going out to SoFi. We and can't complain. You can't complain about where the game was played. Chiefs lost both the Bengals and Bills, and I know a lot we talked about this week that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in this, you know, this iteration of the Chiefs have never won a playoff game outside of Arrowhead. So now it would be a neutral site for Patrick Mahomes. I was talking to Turtle. You picked the Chiefs this week against the Raiders. Uh, to give you an idea of how the Chiefs are winning, they're 5-11 and 11 this year against the spread. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed it. I mean, that's not coming. They're, generally, that also because of the Chiefs in America. You know, when Vegas, you're trying to get action, and action is based in some part on rep, and they've got a rep as a high-flying team. So they don't cover the spread. They don't cover – I mean, 5-11 and 11 against the spread. I, I had to look at it twice earlier. So that's why this Chiefs team, they just find a way. Yeah. Nobody's missing Tyreek Hill now. They've made up for that production. You still got Kelsey and all the other weapons. But it will be interesting to see how they how they function in the playoffs because they've already lost to the Bengals and the Bills. All right, Mike, you mentioned uh, DeMar Hamlin breathing on his own. This is a soundbite from Sean McDermott today. He is the head coach of the Bills. Talking about how this was delivered to his team. He FaceTime with the team. Uh, this is the Bills head coach. <laughs> Makes me laugh as, as he did this to the guys, you know, right <laughs> away. Um, he flexed. He flexed. Uh, flexed on him, I guess. And uh, um, he's just got some staple things that they know him for and that he does. And he made the heart the heart symbol probably more than anything. Um, and then he gave him a thumbs up. So, uh, and then somewhere in the midst of, of that, and it was a little bit hard to hear, but he, as you'd imagine, he said, uh, he said, I love you boys. And uh, of course, I think I got the guys. So. Mm. So kind of got us when we first heard that today. Yeah, man, because I just, you know, yesterday you blew me away when you said, you know, when they when he, he he became aware and then immediately wrote down, did we win the game? That blew me away. He's got imagine you got a tube stuck in your throat, you get a pen and pencil, like, did we win? Yeah. And then today to hear this, I I just think, man, the spirits of the team, I think everybody around the NFL, because this has been an overwhelming mm. story in, in every every way. And and I think everybody that has been watching this and, and closely paying attention to it just it makes you feel good. It, it does. Mm. Uh, 24, Mike, off the breathing machine, I think he's going to be okay. I, I don't know if he'll play football anytime soon, but when you talk about can he get back to life, I, I think, yeah, this this is looking very positive. So let's continue to hope that that's the case. But the news today with the NFL is is what they're trying to do to mitigate these issues of nobody's going to win the AFC. And how do we do this fairly? Mm. All these teams are good, by the way. If I was to ask you right now, neutral site, by the way, it changes everything for me. Because you're telling me you're going to automatically pick Kansas City at a neutral site? I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I don't know if Cincinnati can't do what they did last year and go on the road and win three games and, and get to the Super Bowl. Remember, they beat the Raiders at home, and they went in uh, Nashville. They won. They won in Kansas City. City. So ah. they, they've proven they can do that. That's why it's because Buffalo is – you know, extenuate circumstances we've never seen before beyond extenuating. This was the year, though, we said it back in June or July when you look at the schedule. This is the year that, yeah. hey, and then when they go and they beat the Chiefs, okay, now the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, that offense has to function in 10 degree weather in wind and snow in Buffalo, and you're not going to get to see that. That sucks. It does. Uh, but, you know, again, the league trying to put their best foot mm. forward. So that's the latest. And, and by the way, again, we're one of the potential sites, but it's not been it's not been determined. And Pro Football Talk says Goodell will render this decision. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. If, and by the way, I'm looking at these cities. I don't know if there is a fair city to say, oh, it's better this way. I don't know. They're all good if you're talking about neutral site game. Who, want, who doesn't want to go to Miami or New Orleans I mean, or you Atlanta? Could, you could argue, thanks to Delta, you could probably get the closest thing to 50-50 playing it here. Yeah, that's probably true. Hey, coming up, the road to the college football playoff. 
We talked to Danny Cannell today. We also got a chance to talk to the legendary Eric Zier about the dogs in TCU. We're going to talk about what they told us. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And what you missed coming up next. We cannot wait for Monday night. I know I can't. I'm excited to see what the dogs are going to look like, what they're going to do. But we do anticipate a very close game. I do not think this is going to be a 25-point blowout. And if it is, go dogs! (laughs) But with that said, Mike, we had on Danny Cannell today. He actually feels like this game may go under. We talked to our buddy Eric Zier, who was a hell of a quarterback in his own right and now is a, a broadcaster, as he calls the games, for the dogs, and, and, and Eric was saying, guys, that when you look at TCU, one of the things, it shouldn't be surprising, but they got athletes all over the field. This, this is, do they recruit like Georgia? No, they haven't, Mike. But this particular team, they got good cornerback play. They got good linebackers, the way this defense is set up. They got great receivers. They got a really good running back. Like, you look around on this team, and Eric was like, there's no reason not to believe, hey, this is a fluke. These guys are the real deal. You know, with the exception of the uh, Fiesta Bowl, which was the semifinal game, going into that, there's only four players on the TCU roster that had played in a bowl game before that. It's crazy. And obviously, George is returning to class, which has played in some big ones in the, uh, the defending national champion. So, I, and this is, we said it with Arch brought it up, and, and Danny Cannell talked about it. It's, it's not like I'm betting. When you say you're betting TCU, I'm betting Georgia to win, but I just think that 12.5 is just a bit too rich. And, hey, if Georgia comes out and they smoke them, we can all point back. Look, you. what do you always say? We go with what we know, right, at the time. Here's the data we have in front of us. Secondary, they, they can't – no secondary in college football against a high-octane offense can hang for four seconds if you're not getting pressure or more or longer. So the defense, what is Kirby and Muschamp and company, what do they build? What is the mousetrap they're building for TC, or I guess frog trap for this one? Well, yeah, good good way to put it. I, I think, and I've used this analogy, and we've asked some of the people that we've had on, some of the analysts and whatnot, but this is where I think dogs, dog fans were going to be. Think about the Tennessee game. And going into the Tennessee game, it was high octane, high pace, no huddle, We've got to make sure we line up correctly. But more importantly, think about how they brought pressure late in that game to kind of separate themselves. Hendon Hooker was under distress. He, he was not able to do the things in that pocket because he was really a pocket passer, which was made him, you know, made him a Heisman candidate. They didn't allow that. 
I don't think they're going to allow that Mike with Max Duggan. Now, here's the thing. Hendon Hooker wasn't looking to run. He could, but he wanted to stay in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. This guy will look at things, and if the pressure's there, he'll go, I'm going to get my five or six yards, and he's not afraid of taking a hit. Now, if I'm Kirby, if I'm, if I'm Will Muschamp, I'm telling my guys, if he's running the ball like we're watching this film and you've seen it all year long, Mike, somebody's got to pouch him. What I mean by that is those are those hits where you go, pouch, right. and somebody <laughs> hits him, and they, whoo, you hear it on the field, and you because he's got to pay. He's got to know if you're going to be running the ball like that and you want to take chances with it. The other thing, Mike, is strip him. Get him separated from the ball. We need turnovers. If Max Duggan wants to be that guy in, in this game and play that way, he's done it all year, mm. that's what you've got to be preaching because he will take those chances that some of these other quarterbacks we've seen would not take. Even C.J. Stroud, guys, he's not a runner. He ran in that game. He's not a running quarterback. And it was interesting. Uh, DJ Shockley was on with Andy Rende earlier today, and I heard him driving to work. And Shock was saying when he was in the locker room at Mercedes-Benz uh, talking to some of the Georgia players, oh, he overheard some of the defenders saying, yeah, that scouting report was a bit disingenuous. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing. In other words, that scouting report was whack because they were led to believe that C.J. Stroud wasn't that type of player. And when you look, when you turn your back on the quarterback covering those defense, they got tremendous wide receivers, and you're going down the field, and all of a sudden you're more than 20 yards down the field, you got to turn around because here he is. Well, Duggan does a better job of that. That's why I just think it's going to be a close. It's, it's hard with the information we have available now to think this isn't going to be a very high-scoring game that goes to the last two possessions. Now, Monday, guys, we'll be out uh, this show, that is. We'll be out at Hooters. And Kennesaw, um, getting you ready for the game and leading up to it. We'll also be talking about what the Falcons do. Obviously, last week of the season, we'll have our final Falcon Monday. But we're going to be out at Hooters in Kennesaw. We invite you guys to come out and join us. Um, Mike, I, I want to I hear a little bit of this. Mark Rick, by the way, if you missed it, went on the, the steakhouse. Um, and Mark Rick was asked by Steak about the resources that he needed to make the program great. We've had this conversation over and over about what Rick got, and then when Kirby came in, (laughs) what ended up ultimately happening. Now, if you're a dog fan, you don't care about this because you're going, we're winning. But you have to remember, you say, well, why wasn't able, you know, Mark Rick able to do some of the things that we're seeing Kirby do? This is how he answered that question on the Steakhouse. And the truth of it is, most ADs don't know it needs to be done exactly in football. And the president, you know, that's not his expertise. So you you need a head coach who can explain this is what I need, and this is why I need it. And if you remember, guys, we used to joke around. Mark Rick would literally have to go down the bank and take a loan out to get his assistant coaches paid before they, you know, the athletic department yeah. finally come correct. So this is where you have to be. This isn't like Jimbo Fisher got sideways with the head of the Florida State boosters and then then president over the things like this. You've got to have the resources and you've got to have the facilities because when you tour the when the elite prospects, the five stars tour, they expect you to have everything that Alabama has. Yep. And if you don't, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah, and, and it sounds silly. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I've been saying this for years now with, with what George has done, and I've been to some of these places. There ain't that much difference, guys. I mean, if you're telling me Georgia's got a steak station, so does Alabama, okay? <laughs> that when you walk into these places, if you're telling How me. How big is your cult? They, 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 exactly. They, you walk into the, the, the uh, training room, Mike, and, and you're going, this looks like something out of a movie, right? You've got everything that you need. Oh, well, do you have the LEDs over my screen so my number pops up? We got that. 
Do you got? Do you have? The, we, we got that. Everything. I mean, every locker when you go to Georgia, the Bud Smear, like you've seen this guys. Same thing you see at, uh, at Texas A&M now in Alabama. It looks like you you've got like a first class ticket suite on Emirates Airlines. That's what these things these, between the Wi-Fi and everything else you just talked about. Your own personal station. All right. Uh, can we hear Kirby talking about cleaning up some things? He still has been saying this all week. Um, obviously, they're headed out there to L.A., guys, but but he understands the things that they've implemented this week, whatever that game plan is, and I know they feel comfortable with it, Mike. I'm more concerned with the defensive game plan than I am the offensive game plan. Georgia's going to score points. Todd Munkin has done a great job all year. I am more concerned with how they're going to limit this TCU offense. Here's Kirby Smart talking about cleaning things up. Well, after watching that performance we just had, we got a lot to clean up. We'll move on to TCU tomorrow. I'm so proud of these guys. They never quit. They never say die. They were like a sniper tonight. They came out shooting, and they never quit shooting. I will say this too, dog fans. Georgia's not going to play as bad as they did in the Ohio State game. I don't feel that way, Mike. If you felt like there was a lapse, I don't know how long it was. We keep talking about 30 minutes where it was bad, well, right? Well, Stetson Bennett had six really bad series. Okay. Is he going to have six bad series Monday night? I don't want to believe that he's going to turn around and have six more bad series on Monday night. Like the three and out. I mean, the, you know, so much was put into Georgia scores before halftime, and then in less than 54 seconds, Ohio State scores, and then Georgia goes three and out on the right. first possession of the second half. You know, and the third the third quarter was about that's that's about as bad as as it could have been. You could argue, um, and I think we've learned after you know talking to Connor Riley and talking to other quarterbacks that yeah, Stetson. Went through all this stuff, and even though he's been the starter for the last two years, there's friction, just like in any marriage between he and Munkin and Kirby. And apparently, you know, it's, mm. you know, there's feelings about how the game plan should be executed, et cetera. And I think that's normal. But, guys, after all the crap this guy has taken, who would you rather be riding or dying with? And there's something you and I talked about last week. How many – remember the over-under for, for turnovers oh, for yeah. Stetson Bennett? And we put it at one and a half. <laughs> but in this game, TCU will make you pay. And, and this quarterback is actually better than Stroud in this in in what they're looking to do yeah. and how Georgia can and how they can take advantage of some of the things Georgia's struggling with, like yeah. pass rush. Yeah, you might say Stroud is a is a better thrower, which I think he is. But what TCU does, he, this this kid fits perfectly. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond hmm. text line. Hey, uh, some weird news. We had this earlier today. Ugga is not going to make the trip. What? We talked to Steve Coonan, who's a Georgia alumna, and he was absolutely just freaked out over this. The Siler family, who owns Ugga, who lives down there near Tybee and Savannah, they thought it would be a little bit much for him to travel cross-country, I guess, short turnaround. Like, these dogs, have, those bulldogs have a lot of health issues. If you're a bulldog mm-hmm. owner, you know. But I don't like the juju of not having the greatest mascot in college football on the sideline. He was in the Rose Bowl the yeah. year that Georgia had that amazing win over Oklahoma. But right now, unless somebody's going to get a plane down to Savannah, he ain't going to be there. Well, Pack journalism. <laughs> it's from I, WTOC Savannah's reporting that. I, I don't like it either. Um, last week, I mean, right? They show him at, at Mercedes-Benz. Right. He's in, he was in his temporary house. I mean, it's not like he is in Athens, but it was like, there's Hugga. There's something to be said about this, Mike, and I don't like it either. Mm. All right, coming up. Let's uh, get Ugga. Let's start go fund me. Let's get Ugga 10 <laughs> to L.A. And by the it. way, I mean, the Siler family, I mean, some Georgia fan has got to hear about this. And Olmstead Dispatchal G5 from Sea Island. <laughs> Top three and six is on the way. We're also going to let you hear what Coach Arthur Smith had to say to us about the final week of the season. It's all on the way in the 6 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hack journalist. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 